Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast with me and my co-host, Chloe Bunter. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices we take for granted are out of date or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room in Pilates, and we're here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a fair few F-bombs thrown in. This show is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher. If you've been enjoying the show and you want to give back, give us a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on Apple Podcast app. That'll help other instructors find the show and let us know we're making a difference. In today's episode, Chloe and I do a little matchmaking exercise. So we're trying to get the instructors of the world and the studio owners of the world together so that instructors can find great jobs and studio owners can find great staff. And so we're pulling back the curtain, talking after talking with a bunch of studio owners, a bunch of instructors and sharing our own personal experiences in both roles about what do studio owners look for in, in an instructor and how do you approach a studio? Uh, when you're looking for a job? How do you ace an audition? How do you get a job through uh, subbing or covering at class? And how do you keep a job? You know, what do you, what do studio owners look for in their top people? And on the flip side, if you're a studio owner, where do you find great staff? How do you attract those people? How do you keep them? What do you need to do to fill your studio with enthusiastic and highly skilled instructors? Hey, Chloe. Hey, Ralph. How are you going? Yeah, I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm yes, I'm good. I know that sounded really weird and hesitant, and I, I can tell you some reasons. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, and again, this all comes down to kind of like a timestamp, doesn't it? But uh, Melbourne is is still in lockdown, and now we've got the curfew. I I missed out on the curfew last year because I was actually in Sydney. So this is my first taste of having a curfew since I was a kid, <laughs> maybe since I was a teenager. So it's 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 been an all uh, an interesting psychological uh, concept for me, uh, and then I I got the idea from this the beautiful um, uh, Asai place that I go to, uh, Delicia Brunswick, Delicia Brunswick, uh, and RT owns that, and she's just wonderful, and she's so positive, and every time you go there, particularly during lockdown, she's just all about building community. She learnt my name and my order from the first time I ever went there. And she's built such a community that some of her clients went in yesterday and were just like, hey, I want to pay it forward. I want to pay for the next however many coffees, like next three coffees for anyone who comes in. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so beautiful. And then I was inspired. So when I went in, I said, well, of course, I want to pay for the next three coffees and I want it to go to three people that are current. Like, do you know if people are currently out of work at the moment due to lockdown? She said, I know exactly who they are. And... Yeah, and so getting, I got a post about it this morning that it absolutely made made their day, and in turn that made my day. So I'd really love to um, encourage everyone that if you've got the opportunity, and I know there's people there's people at the moment that are listeners that would need it paid forward, but those that that have the ability to still be working during these times and having money come in, pay it, just pay it forward. God, it felt so freaking nice just to buy some coffees for some people I didn't know and just that to be a surprise for them and that's really really made my day so Mm. yeah pay it forward if you can pay it forward do it 
How are you, Raf? That's how I am. So I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm awesome. Uh, the curfew starts at 9pm. Um, <laughs> You're I'm already in, in bed. I'm in bed like an hour and a half <laughs> earlier, so it doesn't make any difference to me. And Oh, wait a second though. It doesn't lift until 5am and I do believe you get yeah. up before then. Yeah, I do, but I don't go out. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you're I, like, fine, it's actually just <laughs> the exact times that you would be in yeah, bed anyway. Yeah, fine. Makes no difference to me. Like, Isn't that funny? I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to people. I see a lot of people on social media struggling with it, you know, particularly with playground closures and things uh, at the moment. Um, and so, you know, my heart goes out to those people. But for me personally, happy as a pig in shit. <laughs> Loves the lockdown. Loves the lockdown. Oh my goodness! Well, like I'm not wishing the lockdown continues. No. Like, but I, it's like I'm basically just living the same life I would live if there wasn't a lockdown. Except you yeah. definitely don't have to make any excuses about not wanting to go out. Uh, yeah, and people come over to visit. No, they don't come over to visit. That's awesome. <laughs> I remember that the next time I want to come over and visit. Rob. No, you're not people, Chloe. You're not people. <laughs> I'm extended family. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm sure Bintu must be missing me, surely. Oh, yeah, desperately. Desperate. She's not. She's a teenager now. Bintu is Raf's daughter, everyone, and she's um, she's awesome. I love Bintu. I feel like I've, I, I've known Bintu since before kind of the teenage phase, and mm. now she's now she's a full-blown grown-up teenager. You knew, you knew her in the rainbow fairy phase. Now she's in the heroin chic goth phase. <laughs> <laughs> she does do some pretty fantastic eyeliner. I'm, I'm impressed. Shout out, Vintu. You're awesome. So um, today, Raph, I'm really looking forward to – and shout out to all our listeners. Big shout out to our listeners. Thank you, thank you. Lots of you know what? sliding into our DMs. Yeah, I've been getting some awesome DMs, so thanks to everyone who's DM'd me and said you appreciate the show. Yeah, Raph's getting some DMs now. It. I used to just get the DMs. I was the approachable one, but now yeah. – um, <laughs> I think you're still pretty approachable. But Raf's really approachable too. So Raf and I, and and when you share a DM with me, I share it with Raf because you know it's this is a this is a joint project, and, we and both, vice versa. And we both yeah. get the same warm and fuzzies out of it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, please keep them coming. Yeah, and and it's and, and they I always get them at just the right point. It's like I get I don't know I feel like you lot send me a DM and I just feel like I'm getting this virtual hug. But you know what so else nice. you could do? What Raf? Five five star review on Apple Podcast that and and not just click the stars but write something flattering. Yeah, we would you know, really us, love that. Tell, tell the world how we've changed your life. <laughs> we would love that. And also, I've noticed, and I've 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 shouted out to this before, but I have noticed that the reviews have started to wane a little. Uh, so I'd love to pump them up. Let's try and get them over a hundred. I think at the moment, last time I checked, they were sitting around the ninety five, ninety six reviews. Uh, we're sitting at a 4.8. I've been looking at the stats, Raph. I follow it closely. So if, if you're listening and you think I don't care, I care. I genuinely care about this. So we're sitting at an, at the moment at a 4.8 out of 5 star review. Let's see if we can bump the reviews over 100, but let's see if we can also bump the 4.8 up to a 5. And to do that, we, we need you to get on in there and give us a 5-star review. Mm. It's enough of pumping our own wings for the moment. Let's um <laughs> I just need everyone to know how much I do check on it. Uh let's now move on to what we're gonna talk about today. Well, yeah, we haven't really come up with a with a title for this this episode yet. So as as we speak, like if you're listening to this in the future, whoa, 
you already know the title and we don't know it yet. Um, <laughs> which is Don't you love all this amazing. time travel stuff, Raph? It's magical. Mm, I mean, um, I'm here for that. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, but but what we want to talk about, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm sort of seeing it as like couples therapy for for Pilates instructors and studio owners. Or maybe like matchmaking, you know, like Tinder, you know. Oh. Because, no, all right, I'll trigger you there. Like, Sorry about that. Spoken like yeah. someone that's never, ever been on Tinder to yeah, say that. Never. No, 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 no. Um, all right. No, right, well, it's got to be something stick- more, more uh, nurturing, more right, well, <laughs> holistic, talk, more long. Look. Hey, wait, I've got it. More yeah. long-lasting, Raph. Okay. Tinder is but a so, fleeting moment in time. Okay. All right. So, it's, it's, you know, it's couples therapy and okay metaphor. Yeah. Introduction agency. Yeah. Well, I Dating feel like agency. in this we're almost going to be. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it evolving. Let's see. Let's see okay. where. It goes. <laughs> Well, Let's see where basically, it lands. <laughs> right? Basically, uh, you know, we, you and I both are yeah, pretty active on social media, and I'm a member of a whole bunch of forums. You know, Pilates instructors, Pilates studio owners in in the US and the UK and Australia, and you know, we both get a lot of DMs. And probably one of the things that comes up the most in my feed um, are. The two thing, sorry, two things that come up the most in my feed are instructors saying, "Oh, you know, how do I get a better job? How do I stop working at fifty nine studios across the, you know, town? Or my employer's not paying me right? Or you know, basically, how do I get a better, well paid, awesome place to work that I'm going to love working? And, and also, then how do I get a job? So I'm thinking how do I to, get a job? to our yeah. to our newer crew as well. How do I yeah. get a job? Yeah, and 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 then I hear an equal, if not larger number of basically the exact opposite question from employers, which is like, oh, I can't find great staff. Where do I find these great staff? And I'm thinking like, this just seems like we need, to you get, we need to get these people together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm with you on it. I love that. I love that. You know, like you've got Pilates a friend, I've got a friend. Pilates. They're compatible. We should, you know, we should get them together. I've also had a lot of disastrous uh, things like that. But oh, I'm thinking yes. about when Harry met Sally. Cute. That's nice. I like that. What a great movie, by the way. Yeah. I think I watched that again. I've watched that so many times. Me too. I think Favourite movie of all time. So good. And also, oh, I like Sleepless in Seattle as well, though. Oh, yeah. Both, Anything with Meg Ryan. Both on you know, that Early 90s, yeah. late 80s. Yeah. You know. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Just classic. Okay. Great. So in preparation for this episode, what I actually did was, funnily enough, I know a few, I know a few uh, studio owners and I reached out to them and I said, hey, like what are your, like, like the top things you're looking, like the, your non-negotiables when you're going to hire a staff member? What are you looking for in a Pilates instructor that's going to come and be a part of your studio, a part of your culture? So we can, we can delve into that and then on the flip side we can talk about what a Pilates instructor is looking, looking for. Well, I've just, I've just spent the last uh, month um, talking with 40-plus instructors and studio owners, uh, mostly in the US, um, but, uh, and I've also talked to maybe 50 or 60. And I'm, when I say talk to, I mean like I've spent like 45 minutes in a one-on-one conversation with each of these people. 
Uh, and so, yeah, I feel like I've got a few little insights to add there as, as well. And of course, you and I both have been Pilates instructors and I've been a studio owner. Correct. So we've got our own views and experience to throw in. Absolutely. Yeah, so where do, where do we start? Which side which which side of the the, the matchmaking? I was going to say lovemaking and it was going to yeah. get really weird. Which side of the matchmaking? <laughs> Sorry, everyone. This is going down a really weird place. Um, it's all that talk about Tinder, Raph, and I know that anyone who's been on Tinder of our listeners is chuckling right now and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, by the way, I'm still single, just putting that out there. Was it like we seem to have forgotten that this was also meant to double as a, a dating app we for me? Did forget that, didn't we? <laughs> we totally forgot it, and here I am, still single, still in lockdown. But anyway, I digress. Which side should we start on? Ralph? Well, hold on. All right. Okay. So, if if you're listening to this and <laughs> and you want to do something nice for us, but you don't, you maybe you're on Spotify and you you don't know how to give a review on the Apple Podcast app. Well, just hook Chloe up with one of your friends. <laughs> I don't know. That could work. That could work. There's been crazier, crazier suggestions. Okay, Raf. So, which side should we start on? Are we coming from the studio owner's point of view first, or the instructor's point of view? I don't know. Let's start with your DMs. Start with my DMs from our yeah. our wonderful our wonderful studio owners. Okay, yeah. awesome. And Raf, you've read these as well, haven't you? No. Nah. Oh, great. That's good. I sent them through to you. It's a surprise. But that's to me. okay. Did you, did you send them through to me? Yes, I shared the note with you. Mm. I said, here's oh. a shared note, Raph. I'm doing some research right. for our upcoming episode. Uh, Check it out. That's what, that's what that was. That was that was me being really efficient. Uh, well, great. Well, I'm looking forward to, to this being like fresh and, and new for me. So, <laughs> Okay. Right, I'm, okay opening, I'm opening our shared note now. He's, shared he's, note now. He's yeah. opening it now. I, I was hoping you would have read it because you're really good at helping me bring everything together. You know, this is being a collaboration and all, but I'll go through it and I think you'll be able to do it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> well, all right. So I've got this in front of me now. Yeah. So can can we talk about like, all right, the approach, right? So just say I'm a studio owner. Oh, the right? approach. By the approach, yeah. you mean like how, you know, am, am I sliding into that studio's DMs? Am I yeah, sending them an I, email? Am I phoning yeah, yeah. the studio? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. The approach. Okay, yeah. yeah. How, how, so, does, how do studio owners like to be approached? Yeah. So a, a, the, the number one thing, and I'll just, I'm just going to shout out the studio owners that I talked to and, and got their hive mind in on this, which was, really lovely and it was via a shared collective DM which was also lovely to talk to everyone at once. So we've got the uh, incredible Belinda Sevilla who is uh, not only a lead trainer for Breathe Education, she is also one of the owners of Pilates & Co uh, up on the Gold Coast. So she has had a lot of experience in hiring staff uh, and mentoring staff. Uh, we have the uh, also ever awesome Dan Baker from Pilates with Dan and he uh, is in Canberra in Australia in the Capital Territory. Is that right? It's Capital? Yeah, got it right. Australian <laughs> Capital Territory. For, for yeah, a moment I was worried. I said Northern Territory and I'm like, that's way off. And he has been in the Pilates industry, oh gosh, is it? More than a decade, like 10, 12 years. More than, yeah, long, long time. Um, so he has had a lot to do with hiring and mentoring as well. 
We have the uh, incredible Laura Sagers, uh, Rise Pilates here in Melbourne, and you all know Laura. She's been on the podcast, one of our most um, listened to episodes, uh, no doubt. Uh, I'm just pulling that out of the air, but sakes, I know it would have been. And um, she's a she's a dead set <laughs> legend, <laughs> and one of my best friends. Uh, and uh, she's got a lot of advice to give. And here's another here's another name drop for the ages, Raph. Cat Webb, Cat Webb, Good Times Pilates, household Pilates name. Everyone knows who Cat is. Again, here in Melbourne, she's got some very Cat's got some Cat's very. This is a subject that Cat is very. Um, She's got strong views on this. Strong views, strong views on this. And, yeah, so I look forward to chatting about her views. And then, of course, the one and only Heath Lander. Heath Lander of White Dog Studios, also a lead trainer for Breathe Education, all-round amazing uh, human being, also with very strong views uh, on this subject. So when when I elicited their advice for this, they jumped on it. Um, and all of these people have been studio owners for a decade or more. Like maybe not a decade, but like four or five years at least for all of them. Yeah, Laura, yeah. Laura I think, is the newest one and she was like five uh, years ago. I actually think Belinda's the newest one. Huh. Yeah, oh, Belinda's right, the newest. She's been working at Pilates and Co for ages, managing the She studio. was managing it for a long right. time. Which and, and as a studio manager, you are generally in charge Still of hiring, the hiring yeah. and firing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, in regards to being an owner, that that was new-ish. So we've got we've got some experts on the panel here, Raf. Yeah, I'm going to throw in I'm going to throw in my hat as well because I owned, I owned a studio and and ran it for a decade here in Melbourne. Um, yes, you did. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the approach. Okay. So the approach. How do we, how do we like to be approached? So, what's, what's a good pickup line? What's a good pickup line? <laughs> a really good pickup line is to go to the studio you want to work at and take part in their classes. And it is not just go to one class and be like, "Hey, I want to work here." It's immerse yourself in the culture. It's go and get involved, make yourself seen, make yourself heard, talk to the instructor, talk to the studio manager if they're at the desk, have a chat about it. Let them know why you love their culture, why you love their studio and how you would be a great fit for their studio. So all of these instruct, uh, sorry, all of these studio owners, that was the the top thing that kept coming through. That their instructors need to be a good cultural fit for their studio. That means for their clients, and it also means that you're going to get on well with the fellow instructors. You're going to work cohesively. You're going to. Uh, give input, you're going to be a team player. Yeah, Raf, have you got something else to add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'd sold my Pilates studio in 2016, but I've, I still run a business um, and still hire people. And I can tell you that my, all throughout that time and my, my still my preferred method of finding people is noticing people who are already passionate about what we do who are already contributing just spontaneously. Like, Chloe, you're a perfect example. You just started doing our social media. We weren't even paying you. You were just like, oh, I'm going to help you guys with your social media because <laughs> I love the brand so much. And you, you just started And I'm posting. still here yeah. getting towards five years now. <laughs> and, and after a while, we just sort of like Nicole and I – 
turned to each other and were like, well, Chloe's basically already working here. We should start paying her, you know. So, <laughs> so there, there wasn't really an interview process that happened. Like you just started working. And, then, and I yeah. was on the radar because, yeah, I was constantly making myself known. And that wasn't actually, and this is what I want to loop into now, which I think is important, is it doesn't have to be in, if you can physically go into a space, awesome, fantastic. Yeah. But we know particularly in this day and age of lockdowns, COVID, etc., cetera, um, you're not – you don't have to physically get into a space to be able to make these connections. You Engage can make these on connections. Social media. Social media on on their posts. Tag yeah. tag the studios that you love and yeah. say yeah. why. Um, write about the studios you love. Uh, yeah. Oh, f- for the love of God, do do their online classes. So yeah. uh, all yeah. of these studios are offering online classes and just recently actually at well cats already doing this cats now got so they've got the physical space of good times pilates if you want to go into the brick and mortar space when we're not in lockdown but they also have now a designated online uh system as well an online studio and as does white dog so i saw this fantastic uh post by white dog studios on their social and like just letting you know, we're opening another studio. And I was like, whoa, okay, wow, that's that's ballsy move right now. Like I was like, cool, I'm curious. It instantly got my attention. And I went in and uh, read the, the post and I just loved it. It was uh, Heath and Joe saying that, the third studio is their on is their online presence. So live yeah. online classes, including I think they include recorded. So you could, you know, you're thinking, oh, I really want to work. I really want to work for Heath at White Dog, but I can't get into White Dog or what what not right now. Book into one of his live classes. Mm. Say, hey, Heath, mm. I, you know, I think you're awesome. I'm, and and then don't just book into the one class. Connection takes more than mm. one, mm. more than one, mm. yeah. And I mean, I'm, like you, what you said about like engaging on social media, I think is is really good a really good point because I know like when I do a post, I might get like 400 likes on it, but I'm, I might only get 20 comments, right? And and 15 of those comments is just someone putting a love heart on it or whatever, mm. w- or you know, or which is sometimes hands, you know. It's a quick way <laughs> to do it, Ralph. Some, <laughs> when someone writes, I feel like, judged a, here. Even a short paragraph. Yeah. Oh no, it's I, I'm 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 the same, right? I like stuff without commenting a lot of the time. You know, it's just I think it's human nature. Yeah. But but there are certain people who consistently write, yes. you know, thoughtful, considered comments. Yes. And I now know who those people are. Yes. Right. And I've never met most of these people. Some of them are right across the other side of the yeah. world or whatever. But I know who they are. And if that person, you know, reached out to me in a direct message and said, "Hey," I'm looking for a job. Do you know anything that's available? Yes. I would I would have a conversation with that person. And you know. I want to say that is such such an amazing point because it's such a strong point because I'm exactly the same, Raf. So I get a lot of DMs asking for advice on things, asking for this and that. If Look, if it's come from the absolute blue, I don't know who this person is. I haven't seen them engage with any of my comment. Uh, so any of my content, etc. I'm going to answer the person who has been, and it's not to say that I don't want you reaching out and DMing because I alter. I've never, I never purposely ignore anyone. That's that's I make that 
you know, that's something that I'm very, you know, passionate about. But if it's someone who's made that effort to connect with me and what I'm about and et cetera, and they, and they reach out to me and say, hey, I need some advice on this situation that happened, that situation, guess what? If I can put everything down in that moment and give them that advice right there and then in real time, I do. Like I do. And uh, shout out to Isabella, Pilates Abella, Pilates Abella. Uh, she's one of those people that, that has made such an effort to reach out to me. She listens to the podcast. She uh, engages with my comment. She, she slides into my DMs. I'm, I'm there in, a, in, you know, as long as I'm not, you know, doing, you know, at work. But you know what I mean? So it makes such, and now I know who she is. Yeah. And we've never and, met and, before. Right. And if you if you had a studio or if I had a studio and if Isabella or someone else who I'd been engaging with or whatever messaged and said, hey, I'm at a loose end, I'm looking for a job, yeah. do you know anything, you know, I would be like, well, we should talk. Absolutely. Right? Because I know that we're on the same page with a lot of this stuff. And so all I need to do is see you teach now. And I probably have because I've probably seen you teaching online already. <laughs> Absolutely. And looping into that, all but I think Dan, Dan didn't mind too much about the social media presence. The others were all like it really does help if you have created yourself an, an Instagram page. And that doesn't mean you have to have thousands of follows on that Instagram page right? You might only have a couple of followers on your Instagram page. That's so fine. What that page needs to do is it needs to represent what you're about. So I want to be able to go, I'm talking like I'm a studio owner now, but I would want to be able to go onto your page and have a look and go, I can kind of see what they you know, I can see what their vibe is. Yeah, I can yeah. see what they're about, you know. Yeah. Are they about empowering their clients and fearless movement or what's, you know, what like what are they talking about? What are they 100%. posting? Um, that's important. That In this day and age, I think, you know, we're getting to a point where it's like, oh, I don't like social media. Well, it's it's. I don't think it's going I – do, I don't know about you, Raf, but I don't think it's going anywhere. No, I don't think it's optional anymore. I think it's 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 taken the place of a resume. I would one hundred percent agree with you, Raf. And in fact, shout out Caroline, you bloody legend. I actually got my job at the well because Caroline had been following me on Instagram and Carol Fitz, Carol Car Carol Fitz exactly, and loved what I was about. And she actually reached out to me and said, "Hey." Like, and I'm like, yeah, let's talk. And it was so much easier because she already, like I went into that, into that meeting and she already knew so much of what I was about. Yeah. You know, it was, it was so from an instructor's point of view going for a job, it was actually so much nicer than going into like a cold interview where you're like, here's my resume. And then you've got to like explain mm -hmm. everything about, you got to, you know, you and your life in the most uh, enticing way where it's like, oh, this person has already engaged with my social content. Yeah. They know what I'm about and then and they'd seem and the next was like okay well when do you start? So build yourself a presence. Yeah? Let people mm. see what you're about. What's your personality like? Because another thing I'll loop into all these uh wonderful studio owners that I mentioned earlier, they all brought up this word vibe. Now I feel like vibe I was when I was kind of like trying to sort of dot point out the main um, things that that all of these amazing studio owners said were non-negotiables. And then I'm putting in this thing like vibe. 
I'm like vibe. And I'm trying to think like, how do you, like, what does vibe even mean? Like, how do we, like, I think that needs teasing apart a little, like, it's a bit, what, what do you think? What, what does vibe mean to you, Raph? Well, uh, to me, it just, it basically, it's about whether we click, you know, okay. whether you're, whether you're a person who's, uh, it's not, it's not exactly click. It's about, to me, when you say that, I mean, like, you know, do you have a, do you have a positive energy about you? Do you, you know, are you, are you is there kind of a heaviness, you know, or, I really want to teach Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, I don't know. You know. I just want to teach Pilates. Like, you know, I don't how like do you feel? Or you know what? It's <laughs> how do you feel when you think about that person? Oh, vibe is how do you feel when you think about that person? Oh, gee, I like that. I really Can I tell like you that. story um, about someone I just recently talked to. Yeah, please. Um, so I was talking with Tori Fromke from Bayside Pilates in Corpus Christi, Texas. Shout out to Tori. I bet she had an awesome accent. <laughs> um, and she says, you're all y'all. Oh, I love which, that. Y'all? Which, which, That's all what y'all. Oh, yeah. all y'all? Yeah. A-double-L, then y'all. Yeah, yeah. I'm yes. brutalising this, aren't which, I? Which we think is frightfully cute, by the way. Um, but I guess if you're in Texas, that's just what you say, right? Um, but I was anyway. I was on a I was on a Q and A this morning, just before re- recording this, and uh, there were a bunch of people from the US, someone from Chicago, someone from uh, Georgia, um, someone else from somewhere else in the states. I can't remember where, but um, and we were talking about this, that, and, the other, and then one of the ladies from the states came on and said, "Like, oh, you guys have been talking about footy. What is this footy you've been oh. talking about?" <laughs> We're talking about Australian rules football, which is kind of like soccer meets rugby, sort of. Um, and but you know, so there's all these things that we as Auss- Aussies say that we just think is a normal part of the language, which is actually you know, totally weird to somebody who's not an Australian. Uh, and I guess it's the same if you're in Texas as well, y'all. Y'all, that was so your story. Anyway, um, no, no, that's oh. that's not it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, I'm like, I'm so, not sure how it's relevant to our discussion, Ralph, but okay, it was cute. Great story, yeah. Good I'm talk. sitting here at listeners, um, I'm sitting here going, oh, what? And I think you probably all thought, is Ralph lost it? Cool, continue. Um, so anyway, I was talking to Tori and, um, in Corpus Christi, Texas, which is a beachside uh, small town apparently, yeah. Um, and anyway, so she's she's got two, she's employed two instructors or two, well, actually she's just in, employed one because one of them moved out of town. But um, she basically, she's in this tiny little town population, I don't know, but not very many, a couple of thousand something in Texas. And so she's thinking like, well, how do I find staff? I can't really advertise mm. in the paper or on indeed.com or anything like that. So she just basically, she had, she, she, had, she did incredibly clever things. She ran a little competition on social media to get a free, you know, pass, a month pass or something to the studio. And you just had to write some, I can't, I don't know exactly the details, but it was, let's say it was like, you have to write why, why you want to win the pass or something on social media. Anyway, all these people entered and these two women, Alyssa and Anissa, they, they won it um, because they loved it. You know, they saw the studio, they loved it. They wanted to go along. So they won the pass. They went down there together and they started doing, they won their thing and then they, they signed up and they started, because they loved it so much, they started doing Pilates there and they loved it so much they'd stay after class and quiz Tori about, oh, 
Pilates. They wanted to talk about it. They loved it so much, and it was you know they wouldn't let, wouldn't they started chewing your ear off about Pilates, 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 <laughs> and what other classes should we do? And 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 at one at one point after a few weeks, Tori was like, "Do you all want a job?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and so now so, they're going through yeah. teacher training. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well, we we I've heard that I I, I have heard yeah. that scenario a lot, and yeah. um, it's cat cat actually spoke to that as well. Is that she's own? Let's have a look. So I'm not. I'm, let me bring up. Let me bring up our shared note again, Raph. My. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, uh, that shared note that we put lots of effort into. Here we yeah, go. Uh, well, did, I feel like we did, are sharing, sharing it now. What did, what did, um, what did Kat say? Um, she only here hires we go. two people. Kat Webb, Good Times Pilates, uh, absolute legend and another one of my best mates. Here we go. I've only, it seems like a bit of nep- nepotism that I'm, that I'm getting them. <laughs> getting them to, no. <laughs> They're just awesome people. Here we go. Uh, Kat, I've only hired two kinds of people. One. Ones, I, ones I've known for a while, have worked with previously and been to their classes or two, clients that have become teachers. Interesting, right? Uh, both Kat and um, Heath said they will only hire Breathe EDU grads. They said it's just too, much, too time consuming if they haven't. So there you go, to get them on board um, with, with modal learning and uh, – external queuing and et cetera, et cetera, mm. fearless movement. So they will only hire BE grads now, mm. which is glad to hear it. pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> um, so can I just loop back to, to the vibe because uh, I'm, I'm loving this and it does seem to be something that's come up very like for all of them. So I just want to see if I can zoom in a little bit more on a couple of the words that uh, the studio owner said. So Belinda – Belinda Sevilla said, 100% personality and vibe is my number one. She's actually happy to train up on motor learning and cueing, but she said she can't teach someone to be empathetic towards our members, willing and wanting to bring their A-game to the studio every shift, play nice with the rest of the team. It's a toxic free zone. They should get their butt into the studio and come to one of my classes to meet me and let me know they'd love to teach at my studio. It beats a resume any day. Mm. So when we get we get questions occasionally, I get a question, um, you know, what should I put on my Pilates resume? And my answer is, I think that's the wrong question. You you shouldn't don't waste your time putting together a resume. Go do some Pilates. Spot on. Spot on. I've been asked for a resume once, once in the whole time I've taught Pilates and I just, you know, I just did a resume like any other resume and then, new, you know, new, um, newer grads say, but I don't have Pilates experience on there. And I'm like, well, I dare say that you've got some customer service experience in there because if you are gravitating towards being a Pilates instructor, I'm going to, I'm going to, Take a guess that you're a people person. You've done you've done some customer service in there. Like when you're creating any resume, you emphasise the things that are going to translate well into the mm. role you want to go for, right? And then you write a killer cover letter that is specific to that studio. It is not generic. You are talking to the culture of the studio and you're talking to why you want to be a part of it and why you're a good fit 
and you're getting into that studio. Could I could I build on that and yeah. say like I actually don't think you I don't you think you should waste if you're a new grad I don't think you should waste your time on a resume unless you're I asked for you should, it. Because uh, you, you might be asked yeah, for it, Raph. You yeah, might be if, asked for if, it if you're asked for it. But but it's it's I think it's very unlikely. I you know with what you said, I that's my experience as well as an employer. Um, I don't I don't look at people. I don't want to see your resume. I want to know I'll, if you've already shared the last twenty things I've posted on social media <laughs> and commented <laughs> and you know engaged in an intelligent way and you know like. There, there's a there's one of our students right now. Like I put out a question on social media about we're looking at changing our app that we use for uh, our masterclasses, and one of the, one of our students saw it on social media, direct messaged me in our internal Slack thing and said, "Oh look, I went and did all this research and I look at this app and this app and this app and this app and this app. Really? And I talked to my friend at Mind Body, and you know, here's the website I found, and blah 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 blah. And I'd be happy to talk to you about this. You know, what a legend! I'm like, She's already working for us. What a legend! Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. that is above yeah. and beyond. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing that when if you do that, and then if I if I happened to get a a message from that person, say in a couple of weeks, saying, "Look, hey, I'm looking for a job," right? Well, I don't need to see a resume, yeah. so I think you know, and you can totally transpose that into a Pilates studio situation, right? I mean, just start engaging with their content, go to their classes, engage with them in you know, in real time, whether that's online or in person, you know, di- verbally dialogue with them. Tell them how much you love what they do. And then when you write a cover letter, like Chloe said, don't write dear sir slash madam, you know, don't write dear hiring manager, don't write hi, write, hey, Chloe, fuck, I love the studio. You know, I just love being a client and I love all of your trainers and here's what I love about them, mm. you know. Be specific. And I love, I love the way the toilets are painted pink and I love, you know, all of the things, okay. And it's my greatest ambition to one day work for you. Right. Do you think that could ever happen? <laughs> yeah. To, so the things, and, and I think uh, during this conversation, we're talking to both more experienced instructors and I think a lot of this is pivoted towards um, newer, newer grads as well. Uh, the main things that I've been asked for is a link to my social media. Like seriously, that that is what uh, a prospective studio wants to check out. So a link to my social media to see what, I've been up to what I'm about, uh, and then also my qualifications. So sending through that I am in fact certified, uh, that I have an up-to-date uh, first aid uh, and insurance. They're, they're the main, that's kind of sort of it. And then the next steps are, you know, if you're asked for an audition. Mm-hmm. All right, cetera, so let's talk about the audition. So It's interesting actually, it's funny, none of, none of them – None of the studio owners talk. We we didn't really dive into audition huh. here. Yeah, we didn't we didn't dive into audition. Are, are but I feel still like a thing? I'm pretty sure they're still a thing. Um, as far as I know, there's still a thing. So for those that there are listening who might not know what an audition is, uh, it's basically you go and you're asked to teach. Sort of, it might be like a ten plus minute snippet. Uh. And that's usually to whoever's going to be hiring you and potentially a couple of other people as well. It should just be staff. Uh, it should never be paying. Well, there's, a, there's another situation where you might get a foot in the door by doing a sub or doing a cover. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think I think we should 
talk about that in just a sec because I think that's separate. So just back to the audition, uh, I think we can loop back into vibe with audition, okay? Because in an audition, basically, and this is any time I've ever talked to hiring studio managers, et cetera, about what do they look for in an audition, it's they're looking for your personality. They're looking for your star power. They're looking for what is the experience going to be like for their clients. Uh, am I using, like, is is the instructor using a name, you know, as in like if they're teaching Raf, hey, Raf, you're doing awesome there, da, da, da. Are they having some fun with it? Are they adding some challenge? Are they bringing their personality? Maybe a little bit cheeky. Whatever your personality is, it's your time to bring it. And I get that that can be tough when you're nervous, but it's more about the vibe. And I like we can use this word now. It's more about the vibe you bring in that moment than the exercises you teach, to be honest. But if if you're the fifth person to audition, it's probably the fifth time they've done lunges that morning. So it's like it's only you can only get so excited about yeah. <laughs> the particular exercises. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what they're looking for. So okay, yeah. So another way, so if we've another way you can get a job, and this is a way I got a, a lot of my oh, jobs s- early sorry. on. Oh. Sorry, can we, can I just add a couple of things about the audition? Yeah. Um. So I've I've auditioned a lot of people. Um. And something that I've noticed. Uh, is that as the studio owner, often I wouldn't get feedback or, or, or corrections from the person. They'd be kind of intimidated and they would, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't do Pilates perfectly. And I'd know that there's lots of things that I could improve on, but I wouldn't get any like, oh, you know, lift your hips up a bit higher or whatever. You know, so I think if you're going along and you're auditioning, you might be auditioning with somebody that you you admire professionally, you think maybe they're more skillful than you, more experienced than you, whatever. Give them corrections, give them adjustments, give them feedback, give them affirmations. You know, they're just a, they're just a human like you are. They want to see that you can engage with humans. You know, it's part of the skill of being an instructor. You've got to be able to instruct people who are more physically skilled than you. You know, you don't have to be better than that person at Pilates to teach them Pilates, like, so yeah, engage. Yeah, I love it when, because uh, I've I've been in a lot of auditions as kind of like the extra, extra person to the hiring person and I love it when the instructor who's auditioning, it gets a little cheeky with me and, you know, gives me a bit of extra challenge and makes me work that little harder or, or something. I really love that. I feel like I'm being talked to, you know, I feel yeah. like I'm, it's being personalized and I'm like, and we know that clients love that. And ultimately the person who's hiring you, they want you to fill your classes. They want the yeah. clients to love you. They want you to build community. They want your clients coming back to your classes. So it's really important how you make those people feel in that audition. That's what they're going to yeah. remember. Yeah. And I, so I would say, you know, if you're nervous about the audition, don't worry about remembering the breath patterns or which cues or exercises as much as how are you going to engage with those people? How are you going to, you know, create a, a, an experience for them? And let's double click on breath patterns. You don't need to cue breath, but there's mm, a whole mm. there's a whole episode if you're like, oh mm. shit, wait, what? Am I meant to know? Because I'm a bit worried you're saying that, Raph. I'm thinking now, our 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 B peeps like, wait a sec, what? There were breath patterns. We were meant to. No, 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 no. 
and go back and listen to the episode on breath. Yeah, just double click there. (laughs) Y'all. Leslie Logan always says y'all and uh, I make her record, make her. I, uh, she records little little voice messages for me, and she'll say "y'all." And I don't think you can make Leslie do anything. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I do say, Leslie, I need a little video recording of you laughing. Like, okay, um, she's got the best best laugh in the biz. Um, okay, cool. So yes, another way. So we've still kind of at the we're still kind of at the beginning. Like, how do you get the job? Well, another way is also covers. Covers yeah, are a great sense. way to get a job. What was that? You know, in the in the US, they're called subs. Or subs, covers, subs. Yeah. Cool. Um, and in regards to that, I would say that this, you know, if you're doing a sub, you or sub or a cover, interchangeable, you may or may not know that studio. So back in my early days, when I was a very little green around, a little baby instructor, I was just putting my hand up for everything and anything which is a great way to gain experience. And I mm. often found myself, Raf, at studios that I'd never been to before. I actually didn't know, like literally because someone on the grapevine had reached out and said, hey, I'm crook. Is there anyone that can help? Like I literally need someone just to come in and teach now. And I'd be like, hell yeah. So mm. the important thing about that is when I walk into that space, I don't know the culture of the studio. I don't know any of that. They don't know me either. So coming into it with a really collaborative uh, mm. mindset, I think is really important there. So I always, uh, when I've been in that position, is I ensured at the start that I had a little chat with the clientele, who I was, what I was about. I'm not saying don't take up 10 minutes on your on a TED talk at the start of their class, that'll piss them off. But definitely ease them into being comfortable that you're there and be like, I haven't, I haven't taught in here before. I'm so excited to meet you all. Like this is like, I'm thrilled to be here. This is such a wonderful opportunity. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to collaborate with you, you know, with exercises and reps. Let's just feel it out. I'm sure you're going to love it. And I also, I know you lot are the expert. So I might, I might get you to show me how to move this foot bar if I need to because I haven't used these style of reformers before or something. So collaboration, mm. then then pump your vibe. Just bring you, be authentic, uh, know that you can't always please everyone as well. So I want to put that out there too. If they didn't like your vibe, like that's fine as well. But more often than not, when I went to do those covers, the feedback then would be I'd be getting a call from the studio manager going, what the hell did you do? Because <laughs> the clients are asking for you back and when you're going to be on the timetable and how do they yeah. book into your classes. And that, my friends, is how you get a permanent position yeah, that's if you want a permanent it. position, yep. Right? Because like a, a, a cover or a sub is like, it's like an, a guaranteed audition that you get paid for. Yeah. Right. So you short circuit the whole application process yeah. and you go straight to the audition and you're getting paid for it. And so all you have to do then is just show what you're capable of. And I mean, if the studio owner's worth their salt, they will absolutely quiz those clients afterwards and say, oh. hey, what did you think of Chloe? You know? Totally. Totally. And I would also say, keep, keep it simple. It's not the time to pull out your new fangled move that you've seen for two seconds on Instagram or YouTube, stick like teach your tried and true. (laughs) Long stretch. Yeah. We've all, we've all got those programs that we could teach in our sleep. That's, 
that's the program you teach for this because you don't want to be worried about the choreography. You want to be actually bringing your vibe. And your your plain vanilla choreography that you've taught a thousand times might be totally exotic and brand new to these people. See, and that's what I found, Raph. I'd be like, God, if I taught this at the studio that I usually teach at, they'd be like, oh, snooze, Chloe, have you put like no effort in this week? Whereas there it's like, and I'm like, oh, great, I can bring out all these programs again. (laughs) So it's awesome. Um, The other thing I want to preface, and this is uh, particularly pertinent to our VE grads, is if you're going into a studio that you don't know the culture of or what the teaching there is like, yet maybe they're used to having a lot of internal cues and a lot of um, alignment protocol, et cetera. Okay. So when you're doing your, um, this is who I am, little chat at the beginning, also address the elephant the, the elephant in the room before it becomes an elephant in the room. And I've spoken about this in our queuing episodes and say, today, this is how I'm going to be queuing. And this is why. It might be a little different to what you're used to, but let's, let's see how you feel about it. So put it out there because then that also mitigates at the end when the studio owner is saying to them what was Chloe like. They're not like, oh, God, she didn't tell me to engage my core and now I'm worried I'm going to have a sore back and she told me to lift my waistband. So deal with that. Get that out out the front, right up the front, and then and then they know you know. Yeah? That To me, nice that's – to me, that's a perler and, and I still do that, Raph. So even when I was – so the last place I was teaching in a face-to-face capacity was the well in Bondi and we had such a broad um, range. It's not like somewhere like White Dog or Good Times where everyone cues externally, fearless movement, you know, all the teachers are singing from the same book. I didn't say it right, did I? Oh, if Belinda's listening to this, she'll say, Chloe, that was no, wrong. You'll be singing from the same hymn book. That's exactly there we go. Right. Okay, great. I got it right. Yeah. It's a running joke that I get all of my <laughs> things mixed up, but I kind of sort of do. Um, but so where I was working, all the t- I, there, there were absolutely some Breathe EDU trained grads there and, and that was growing, but there was also uh, a lot of teachers from very different backgrounds with a lot of internal queuing and alignment protocol. So what that would mean is we all tended to have our clientele that gravitated to us, right? So the clients that loved Chloe's vibe and the external queuing and the fearless movement, well, they came to me, yeah? The client that loved the internal queuing and the alignment protocol, well, they went to the other instructor who did that. But every now and then I would need to sub for that instructor or for whatever reason, those those clients had come into my class due to that was the class they could get to that week. So without a doubt, even though they all knew me, I still gave my, this is how I'm going to cue today and this is why. Just get it out there. Yeah. Okay. So th- we've talked about some ways you can get a job. Let's just make sure I've ticked off on our, on our shared note here. Was there anything else I've missed on Vibe? Uh, I wouldn't mind having a little read about Uh, what Laura said here. I think this is uh, lovely. So Laura Sagers, um, as Belinda said, I also look for all the things that can't be taught, i.e. their ability to connect, show empathy and compassion, their willingness to learn and grow, 
giving 100%, this comes up a lot, giving 100% when they are there, giving one, this is, this is a repeat. Absolutely. Their own passion for movement and their knowledge, understanding of our studio's values and culture. Let's double click. It's a raphism. Let's double click on giving 100% when you are there because this is important. How do you, I know how I define, but how do you, like, how do you define that raph as a studio owner? How did you know when your instructor was giving 100% when they were when they were at your studio teaching? Uh, this this is a good one because I uh, another in another studio owner I talked to recently, Katja from LA, she owns I think three or four Club Pilates uh, studios there and sh- she uh, brought this up as well as the, her number one thing um, that um, basically she wanted people who were, who were wholehearted advocates of, you know, everything that the studio stands for you know, values-wise, how we teach, what we believe to be true about Pilates, about humans, about, you know, our our values of integrity and, you know, whatever values the studio has, that the the team member is, is, you know, is, is, you know, almost an evangelist for those values, you know, and and almost spontaneously, not because it's like it's your job, but just because you like you wholeheartedly believe it so much that it's you know you I just remember can't help I, that word you're saying evangelist it. is just resonating with me because remember after I did my diploma with you Raf remember I was just like blazing like oh, pain science oh, breathe that oh, I need to change the world oh, everyone needs to hear that and I remember Raf you're like um I don't know if that is if you do need to do that Chloe because <laughs> I was so like wasn't I do you remember yeah, yeah. it was I thought it was pretty cute I was just like yeah <sighs> but when when you when you started working for us we never had to have a conversation where I asked you like why did you want to work for us or you know do you agree with, with with our values about science or you know like we never had to have that conversation because it was bl- blindingly obvious but yeah so I, I think Hundred percent. I think you know. To me, it means you're wholeheartedly, you know, un unreservedly, you know, all in on the on the values on what that studio stands for, what they believe in, the you know, the way they see the world, as it pertains to Pilates and movement and business, um, and that you are like you're a, you're an eager contributor. Now, there's a there's a line there where. You know, where so I, you know, I'm talking about stuff like where you see a bit of litter on the floor, you pick it up. You know, you, you see some props on the floor, you pick you pick them yeah, up, you pop the straps exactly, back on the exactly. shoulder pads, exactly. flip bars up. You arrive five minutes early. I'm a bit of a stickler early. for this. <laughs> yeah, you arrive five minutes early. I mean, even when you're late, you're still five minutes early, right? So you never you never rock in one second before your class starts, just finishing your cafe latte. You know, you're always, always, always there on time. And even when you're late, you're still early. But you're even just a couple of minutes earlier than that so that you can sign the clients in and say hi and all of that. Now, there's a line there where you shouldn't be expected to stay back an hour afterwards and mop the floors. And, yeah, and you know, I have and worked at stuff. studios where that was the case and that yeah. and I was that was a 
no, no. Like I yeah. felt they felt like there was a bit of bit of slave labor going on in there. Yeah, so 100%. it's pretty standard though for there to be fifteen minutes either side, and that that yeah. that's kind of part and parcel of the role. And that's like most jobs, you are expected to show up a bit early, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. you know, show up so you don't. You know, you've already gone to the bathroom, you've brushed your hair, you're presentable. You've got your, your cool, calm and collected because also it, it works in your favour too because there's nothing worse than than stressing out and running late to get somewhere. You, you're not walking into that class being your best self and being as yeah. present as you can be. You're still flustered and it takes you a while to cool down from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there is an expectation when you finish teaching a class that you should leave that room as you found it, if not better. So the therefore rule. Yeah. props props are popped away as they need to be, you know, everything's clean. Uh, but what if the person before me didn't clean their props away, Chloe? Then what if this has happened to me many a time, Raphael, there is a message that goes into the group studio thread that says, hey, so-and-so, bit of radical candor, when you left the room like that for me, that put me in a position where I was then having to clean up the room before blah, 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 explain yourself why. And, right. they, and they're often like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then you have to leave it clean. Be, don't be the person that leaves it messy. Like, don't. You know, if you see this stuff on the floor, clean it. Don't expect someone else to do it. Studio owners notice that shit. They really do notice. Studio owners know, but instructors no, notice instructors it too. Instructors notice it too. I, and I want to walk into a clean space like and, and be ready because I, wa- I want to be in teaching mode, not in I need to walk in, clean up mess before I start, yeah. before I start yeah. teaching. Right, so yeah. so all of that's really important. Um, I I've just got another bit of a take on it though, Raf. Uh, so I totally hear all the things you're saying. For me, in regards to being one hundred percent present, and this is something I've spoken to my students about a lot, uh, and something that I model myself, is that when I walk into that studio, when I walk into that space with the clients, it is no longer about me. It is about them and their experience, okay? So I need to leave and I learned this. This is very old school and it would have been like 2000, 2001. Back one of my first jobs uh, when I was at uni was working for General Pants. So which General Pants is a a big clothing, I don't know what, conglomerate clothing. What's the word I'm looking for? Store. Store chain. chain chain was the word I'm looking for. It's a big clothing chain in Australia, and they actually put us through. Which now I look back and go, that was freaking cool. They actually put us through quite a lot of um, customer service training, actual designated customer service training. So we did care, which is customers are really everything, and we did smart, which was superior management of a resourceful team because I was um, in the management team. And I know this might seem a little harsh. But basically one of the premises of care was you leave your problems at the door. Like if it's a cut, do you, like I can't be moping about breaking, uh, fighting with my boyfriend prior to walking into that store that day. I can't be, do you know what I mean? I, this is not about, I, and the reason I'm saying it sounds a bit harsh is because I want to be mindful of mental health, et cetera, et cetera, and those sorts of things which you would be having a, a personal conversation with your your manager about. But I'm talking about when you are present with your clients, it is 
It is about them. So you can't be thinking, oh, bugger, what am I going to be buying on the way home for dinner tonight? Or distracted about, or, or, or I had a really shitty sleep last night. Your clients don't care if you had a really shitty sleep last night, right? They're paying a lot of money for a Pilates class to have a good experience, to have an experience that is theirs. Yeah. So for me, that's what being 100% present means for me in my teaching. And living by that mantra, I tell you what, Raf, has pulled me out of some shitty moods. Like I might have been having something really heavy going on, really distracting. And when I step, I make this, It's and I'm so trained in it now that it's just such second nature to me that I, it's not cognitive. When I step into the space of teacher, I am just, it's all about the people in front of me. I've my seen mind, you do that many times, yeah. It's like a meditation. It's like my mind on anything else actually goes blank and, and it's just totally filled with what's going on for my clients in front of me, including the day I decided to teach nine classes because I put my hand up for all the covers <laughs> and I still did it. And my other tip would be have some things that, you know, if you're going to be doing something like that and you need to bring your best self, have some easy snacks that you can have in between classes. So that might be like a banana, a bit of chocolate, something, a protein shake, something to drink, but have some things that keep your energy levels up. Uh, Nuts are not a preferable. I find that they just get in my teeth and then I've got to like teach in a class with nuts in my teeth. And nothing with parsley in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the time I taught a whole class, Raph, and I had a black peppercorn right (laughs) between. So I've got quite big teeth. Anyone who watches me on social media, like, oh, I've got a lot of teeth, got a big mouth. And I had this black peppercorn in the very middle of my top two teeth, Raph, and I taught this entire class. And this was back in the day when you get in real close and personal with people and you give them, you know, the, the physical assist. No one said a thing. I went to the bathroom afterwards, looked in the mirror and I went, could someone not have told me? <laughs> not one person. So there's I, I, another tip. Let your instructor know if they've got something in their teeth. I think there's some science on what you said before, actually, okay. um, uh, about mental your own mental health benefiting from that from focusing on the clients and that and I'm I'm fairly confident I've read and I'll dig it out and put it in the show notes if it's a if it's a real thing that basically doing something for someone else is good for your own for our own mental health. Mm. You know, so it's it's a great way to improve our own happiness. You know, if you're if you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever, if you do something for someone else that actually tends to increase your own happiness. Mm. So, like paying it forward. Yeah. That that exactly. That made me feel awesome. Mm, you mm. know, it made me feel. Um, another thing that that a, a few owners have said to me recently is the 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 gun for hire sort of mentality. You know, is a real turn off. Can and you tell the, me what that is? Yeah. So if I'm an instructor and I'm teaching, like you know, two classes at your studio and then two classes at the other studio, and and when you ever call me and say, "Can you do a sub?" I'm like, "Oh no, I'm I'm." Oh, I've got a better yeah. offer from the other place. and I've heard that you know, too. Or then I'm subbing out because I get a higher paid corporate yeah, yeah. gig on Thursday, you know. Yeah. So it, it feels like I'm just in it for what's in it for me. I've got no loyalty to yep. the particular studio and I'm just I'm just like a gigolo going all over town, you know, doing my Pilates thing here and yeah, there. Yeah, I've heard that as you well know. quite a few times actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not very appealing to a studio no, owner. No, you, but, you, but we've got to be mindful that, if the studio owner is, and I'm not saying that any of those, but 
I was hired as a contractor and I'm doing that in air quotes. This this goes both ways. Because, you know, because it was probably sham contracting, not probably, Mm. I'm sure Mm. it was sham contracting, Mm. um, Mm. by those studios, not by me, but by those studios that weren't hiring me as an employee. So if you're going to hire me as a contractor, well, it, it kind like I've got to look after myself, and if I'm going to get uh, a better deal and a better rate over here than here, I would. I- so absolutely, it goes both ways. So you, as a studio owner, you've got to create an environment where one, someone wants to work, <laughs> and two, you've got to give people enough work. And that's what I was going to say, Raf. So you've got to give them enough work because I what I've also seen is and and I've heard this from. DMs when new grads are concerned with going to work at a studio and that studio wanting exclusivity of them, but that studio only being able to offer them, you know, like 10 hours a week and it's like they can't afford to live on that. That's not fair. That's not legal. You can't Oh, that's actually illegal. Yeah, it's restraint of trade and you can't can't enforce – basically, if you're not giving someone a full-time job – Right. If I say, "Hey, Chloe, come work for My me," my mouth got, is a gape right now. I've only got ten hours a week for you, but you're not allowed to work anywhere else. Like, no, no there's no, no way I'm so, allowed to so do Ralph, that. So, so can I clarify? Because I've been put on non-compete contracts. Yeah, yeah. At almost every studio I've taught at. Yeah. So I'm not a lawyer, right? But I've talked to I've talked to several lawyers about this because I've been a studio owner and we had non-compete agreements, and also. Uh, I had just recently interviewed Corey Sterling, who's a uh, Canadian lawyer. So we talked about US law, Canadian law, Australian law, UK law. Uh, and we specifically talked about non-compete agreements. And basically uh, what I understand is that non-compete agreements is basically where, you know, where the studio might say, okay, if you come work for us, you can't work for any other Pilates business within, say, a 10-kilometre radius, you know, yeah. for one year after you finish working for us or, what, you know, whatever whatever distance and whatever period of time. Now, whenever there's a, you know, there are, there are two kind of, two things. One is there's a hard and fast, you know, principle. You can't restrain someone from making a living, right? You can't prevent someone from plying their trade, you know, working in their profession, to make a living, right? It's just not legal to do that. So if I say, Chloe, right, we're in a town, it's five kilometres from end, you know, from one end of the town to the other. You're not allowed to work anywhere within 10 kilometres for a year after you leave my studio. It's like, I'm basically saying you you have to starve, right? So uh, that's not going to be upheld. Um, the second thing is that whenever there's a grey area in this area legally, it's always found in favour of the employee, right? Because it's basically protecting people's right to earn a living, you know, doing their profession is deemed as the highest, you know, good in in this situation. So that's my understanding of how the law works. And and so if I and, and basically the, the the third sort of thing, as I understand it, is like the smaller and more limited the non-compete is, the more likely it is to be upheld. Right. So if I say to you, oh, Chloe, you're working for us. You you know, you're not allowed to work at any studios within a two block radius whilst you're employed by us. Well, that's probably going to be upheld, right? That's kind of fair enough. I can see an argument why. Well, if I'm if, if I can do a class, if clients can come and pay $30 to do a class with you here, or if they can go and pay $20 next door to do the class with you, it's like I'm going to lose custom over that. So, you know, but, but because it's such a small geographical area 
and it's only whilst you're working here, you know, that's likely to be upheld. But if you want to go and get a job across town or whatever, that's that's not within the ability of of a studio owner to you know to legally enforce, I believe. So, and especially, you know, if if you're only working less than full time, right? If you're working ten shifts or mm. five shifts or two shifts a week, like there's and no let's be way honest, that most, person can most, restrain yeah. that. And most Pilates instructors aren't working full time for studio. Yeah. Most. So, so I wouldn't worry about non compete clauses you know like i said i'm not a lawyer but all the legal advice i've ever had has said basically they're always found in in the favor of the employee unless you know basically what would a reasonable person say right you know i mean if if i'm working full-time for you and i want to also go and see private clients right next door Mm. yeah probably that's not reasonable and i would you know the judge would find in your favor there but if i want to go and get a job two suburbs away you know because you're only giving me four classes a week, it's like, well, <laughs> there's no way you can stop me doing that. Mm. Um, sorry, we got off on a tangent there. Uh, so, all right, so can we switch to employer? What a what a what a, what do we look for in an employer? Oh, what do we look for in an employer? Yeah, ah, yeah. okay. Well, because because I hear you know I hear a lot of people like I said at the start of the show employers saying, oh, I can't find good staff. And and at the same time, I'm hearing all these staff going, I can't find a good job, right? So it's not like there's no one looking for jobs. So why can't you find good staff? For me, it's always come back to, so when, what I've looked for in a studio is A, that I have some scope, and I don't know if I'm a good example, but I really like some scope to be able to teach my style, like to be able to bring my my personality and my um, my lilt to how I teach. You know, we all teach a certain style of class, et cetera, and having some freedom to – some creative freedom. There, There's my word. I liked – for me, I like to be able to have creative freedom. Now, I have worked at studios before where I have not been allowed to have creative freedom. In fact, I've got in trouble for having creative freedom, and that's when working for a large franchise. Well, let's okay. – let's, let's go back. Let's go back and – all right, so how, just say, now, I think I know what you're going to say to this and it's you know, neither A nor B, but just say you see an ad, right, you're looking for a job, okay, and you see an ad on indeed.com or seek.com.au, somewhere you see an ad, right, that says Pilates instructor wanted for XYZ studio, X number of shifts a week, great environment, fun clients, you know, immediate start, right? What's going to, turn you on or off you know, applying for that ad? Well, I would, me personally, I would never cold apply for a studio that I didn't already know, you know. So There's your problem right there, isn't it? I, I mean, that's I the know. studio I don't know. I'm, No, I not like your problem. Oh. The studio owner's problem, right? <laughs> They're going, where do I find staff? I'm looking on indeed.com, right? And, and the answer is that's not where the staff are. The staff are in the front row of your reformer class. So, 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 yeah, they're in the front row of your reformer class. Okay, let me just loop back for a minute though. If I do, because often I see ads go up uh, in our Facebook group, et cetera. So if that's a studio I'm not aware of, what I might do is I might go and guess what? Look at their Instagram. So from their Instagram, here's a couple of things I'd do. I'd look at their Instagram and I'd also look at their website. I'm Mm. on a flow now. What would you look for? Right. Me personally, 
I'm looking for the proponents of fearless movement. So I can usually pick that up pretty quickly on either social media or on a website. If I go to a website and class description says, we will ensure that your pelvis is aligned and your core right. is activated. So, and so if we zoom out, right, and say, say, you know, for just say you're a studio owner in wherever and maybe, you know, maybe you're coming around to the fearless movement thing, but you're not quite there yet. But it's basically... You're looking for a studio that is aligned with your values. With my values. So I'm looking for a studio that is aligned with my values. And now, Raph, what I will clearly say is that when I first started in the profession, that wasn't top of my list because I didn't, A, I probably didn't even know what my values were at that time. I was feeling it out. All I wanted was some experience teaching. That's all I was looking for at that point. Same. Right? We've all been there. So, yeah. so when I was there, what I was interested in, what would either keep me or not keep me was what was the culture like within that? Within that? Did I feel appreciated as an instructor? Did I feel, you know, was I given positive feedback? Was I, was, was there a conversation if there was, um, if a client gave constructive feedback, was there then a discussion of back and forward as to, well, Chloe, what was your take on that? Was there, so I was looking, even though I didn't know really what my values were as an instructor yet, I was looking for, was there a nurturing culture where I felt appreciated, um, I felt supported in my development. So those things were really, was there a, a, a team, feeling of team? Um, was I remunerated uh, appropriately? Was I, uh, was there maybe some extra training or maybe there was some, you know, days where the, the whole team got together, were there, you know, those sorts of things were important to me. And then as I developed in my own style and as an instructor, then what I was looking for was I was growing out of that being the thing that was most important to me and more towards, hey, I need creative license. In order for me to continue to grow into my own voice, I need to be allowed to do that. I need freedom to do that. And now I want to be in a, in a, a, a position where is my experience now valued? Uh, am I asked for my opinion on things? Am I asked for input? Is there more collaboration now? And those were the things that I started to look for later in my career. And now I would never, ever, 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 ever work for anyone where I did not feel appreciated. It's just not on my radar uh, because I could work for myself and I feel really appreciated by myself. <laughs> can work really successfully for myself. Like I want to work somewhere where someone's like, well, fuck yeah, we're stoked to have you, Chloe. Let's keep growing and kicking goals together. So mm. that's my two cents, Raph. Did that yeah, sort of make think, sense or not? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of those things, it's really hard as an employer to to provide those, a lot of those things like team and coherence and, and you know, com- connection and feedback and stuff because, you know, fundamentally Pilates teaching is something we do solo and and when you're teaching probably all the other instructors are either teaching or sleeping or whatever so it's like yeah getting around to to your instructors classes and giving them feedback and getting everyone together in the same room group chats or whatever group chats group group chat threads are important um team drinks or team just some sort of team bonding uh, I think is important. 
And what about professional, you know, like you mentioned kind of professional development, coaching, mentoring, feedback, um, you know, what forms can that come in in a studio environment? Yeah, so early on in my career that came in the form of my, the the studio managers or whoever was in charge of looking after quality control coming and taking my classes and then giving feedback, having having a discussion about it, uh, them eliciting feedback from the participants, myself eliciting feedback from the participants. Um, we used to do things like, you know, I've worked at studios before where you would have team days or team, like a team class or something where everyone got to contribute some new ideas or here's a, here's a fun new move. How about we all try it? And that sort of thing as well is really nice for collaboration. Uh, I've worked at studios before where they've had some continuing education uh, usually in the way of, of workshops. So they get a subject matter expert in on something and they pay for all the, the staff members to do that as well. I think that that's been cool. That, that They're the sort of things I'm thinking about, Rav. I, I think Kat does a lot of – I see that Kat does quite – Kat Webb does a lot of that. I see that Heath uh, is continually doing a lot with his – with his um, instructors, he does a lot of mentoring with them. I think also there's probably something you didn't mention it, but it's probably in there. I'm imagining about the hours, you know, like sort of clumping your hours together where mm. possible, so not working in the mornings and oh, nights. Yeah. And yeah, and having sort of a, I think it's always, I've always preferred uh, a studio manager who has a lived experience of what it's like to be an instructor. So they understand that, you know, I know this won't be for everyone, but for me personally, doing an early shift and a late shift, we call that the split shift, that that is my fastest way to burn out, me personally, uh, because that means I'm getting up super early, but then not getting home until super late. So it really just messes with your, with your sleep, basically, and you just kind of end up a bit wide. I've told the story of how I sat in the car park eating the box of chocolates, just going, <laughs> have I told you that story? Oh, mate, I've told it to our students before and just having this moment where I was like, okay, no more split shifts and put the put – the, um, it was one of those massive things of, you know, when you get the favourites, those little chocolates and they're all the little mini favourites. And they're I would like have a got, cheap, cheap, cheap brand of Australian chocolates you buy in the, in the supermarket. That's right. And I would have – and it was because – well, no, it was because the only place that was open at this point was a bottle shop. That was the only place <laughs> that was close. And I was starving and that was the only thing to eat. So I bought the box of chocolates, then sat in the car post-shift – and it just was like, okay, I've come to a, a point where that's not. So having some yeah. understanding, having a um, studio manager too who you can sit down and have an honest chat with if something is bothering you or if you've got something going on, uh, it, I think is really important too. There's also, I think, um, something about, you know, managing your staffing as a studio manager so that, you know, because it's expected, you know, that people are always going to have – illnesses and unexpected things. There's always going to be subs that are required. But, you know, managing your staffing levels so it's like, you know, you don't have to do like five subs a week, you know. Yes. Yes, Raph. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Every time you say something, you're just speaking to me inside. Like I've lived this experience as well. Working at studios where they don't freaking have enough subs so that you – and 
you just got to step up and do the cover, even if you're absolutely freaking exhausted and, or it's that, oh my gosh, you know, that feeling where you've, you've worked your shift. So maybe you've taught five classes and then it's the call. You, it's like, sorry, you've got to come back in or even worse, Chloe's still here. Can you jump into the next class? And you're like, oh yes, I'm going to bring my best self. Here we go. <laughs> And you just got to do the thing. My least favourite one is the 5am call going, you know, can you be here in half an hour and open the studio? (laughs) (laughs) I can't even do my makeup in that time. So usually I wasn't the one that got the call for that one because they're just like, we know Chloe won't be able to get in for that. (laughs) And, and, you know, I think it is fair enough that people are asked to, to sub or cover, you know, from time to time. But it shouldn't be plan A that your, you know, full-time teachers, you know, do all the subs. Like you should have some full-timers and some casuals who pick up the subs, right? And it's the, the reason you have a couple of casuals is because they pick up, like they might only have two rostered shifts, but they end up working five shifts a week because yeah. stuff happens and they pick them up, right? And so you've got a plan and, you know, life does happen and people get married, get pregnant, go on holidays, all that kind of stuff. And so you can't have it perfect all the time, but you should have it pretty good most of the time. You've just, you've just hit on another one for me, Raph. This riffing's fantastic. I want a studio manager who understands if I say I've got gastro, I'm genuinely texting from the toilet. Sorry for the visual, everyone. But if I've got gastro, I've got gastro. Like I'm not lying. It's not made up. Um, I'll never forget the time Chelsea Cameron and I both went down together with it. I obviously got it off each other. And we're both teaching at the same. Yay, Chelsea. Big shout out to Chelsea. And we were both teaching at the same place and we're just messaging each other going, are you dying as hard as I'm dying right now? I'm like, yes. There was no, like we were genuinely crook, okay? So so allow us to be sick, we, you know, which which they did. I'm not, I'm not um, disparaging that studio at all, but I have been in circumstances before where I've had, you know, a horrible cold or raging tonsillitis or whatnot, and it's kind of like, no, you dose up on pseudoephedrine or whatever and you get in here. Mm. Cold and flu tablets, and you get I in here and that you teach. Culture's totally changed now. Post I really COVID. hope I just, so. I hope it has. Yeah. I really hope it has. But as some understanding that when you're crook, and the other thing about when you're sick um, is not having to find your cover yourself. Yeah. Please, please, please. You know, like if I'm like I, I don't in this profession. I must admit. Look, back in the day. When I worked in for the government, I'm not going to – no, gosh, we're being recorded. It's going everywhere. And I just said, government, I take it all back. But what I wanted to say was you – can, you can all make up your own mind. But what I wanted to say is since being a Pilates instructor, I haven't chucked a sickie. Like I haven't just gone, stuff it. I'm going to say I'm sick, but I'm not actually sick. Well, what do you think about this? If I want to take – So believe you know, me when I say I'm sick and find the cover for me, let me just go back to sleep or <laughs> wherever I might, you know. Right. But if you want to go to your sister's wedding in October, you should find the cover for that. You know, 100%. You've got three months notice. Yeah, that's so fine. Yeah. So you put, out a, you put out a call, you know, and it's like if you're going out and partying, 
that night and you've got a freaking 5 a.m. shift, for the love of God or the love of science, please don't put, I'm changing that saying now, for the love of science, <laughs> please don't put a message in the group thread at 2 a.m. saying, oh, sorry, I think I've eaten something bad. We know you haven't eaten something bad because you've been on Instagram partying all night. Get in there and do your bloody shift. So there's, you know. <laughs> but... <laughs> If you crook, and, and that's why I think too, creating a culture, and this goes both ways, this of, of honesty and integrity um, in a workplace I think is really important too. At Breathe Education, if a staff member says they're sick, we don't sit there and go, oh, that person's not sick, come on, you know, pull your socks up, let's go. Like, that person's sick. Yeah. Let's help them out because we have created a culture that is built around honesty and radical candor and care and respect for each other. And we also all know that if you're crook, well, someone else is going to have to pick up the slack, like someone else is, right? And I don't think that any of us would want someone else to have to pick up slack for us because we've been... So, you know, and I think you can foster that. I've worked at um, studios that have really successfully fostered that culture, uh, where you're like, well, I know that if I go out partying and then I can't show up to my shift, that is going to be extremely unfair on someone else who's going to have to do it. And that might actually fall on the studio manager's head because maybe they can't get a sub. So they actually have to come in and, and you see that happening. So, um, yeah, fo- fostering a really uh, a, a trustful, trustful. Is that right? Trusting. Trusting is maybe the right word. A trusting <laughs> environment I think is really positive on both sides as well. Trusting, can nurturing. I, can I put in a couple others ones? Yeah. One is uh, totally gone. Such a great – this is such a great conversation. <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting it all out. <laughs> it feels really <laughs> cathartic. It's like, it oh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure there's so many more and I know that our listeners will be going, oh, oh, this one, Chloe, this one, Raph. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to know what we missed. Um, yeah, so if you want to DM us, um, uh, that'd be, you know, that'd be awesome. And because uh, I'd like to know, you know, what have we, <laughs> what have we left out? Yeah, I'm going to go um, back to our notes. I recall now what I wanted to say, which is something you mentioned remuneration, right? Mm. And so there are a couple of things here that I want to talk to. One is, um, all right, well, if I put you, you know, it, it's reasonably common here in Australia to pay a, fat, pay a flat rate per class, you know, but it's reasonably common in the US, I know, to pay some kind, I know, you know, some people get a flat rate, but a lot of people get like some kind of minimum rate plus, you know, X number of dollars per head when you have more than X number of people in the class, right? So maybe if you're working at Club Pilates, maybe you get an, um, you know, $35 flat rate plus, you know, $3 a person for every person over six people or something like that, you know. And it, I, I think it differs at different particular Club Pilates studios, but, you know, just as an example, that's one I've, I think I remember. Um, and so, all right, so that's all good and that's all great and that incentivizes me to have fuller classes, which I think is all to the good because then, our, you know, my interests are aligned with the studio owner's interests. If my classes are full, we both do well. But then if the studio owner puts me on at the 4 a.m. Sunday class or the, you know, 10 p.m., you know, Wednesday. Yeah, or like, they have no a shitty cancellation way. policy or right, something. Right. And there's I've no been way in this I'm position, Ralph. I've been in this yeah. exact position with a studio I worked at. 
they they it was incent it was a it was a base rate and then it was x amount more per head over a certain amount right and i pride myself on wanting a full class anyway that's just something that i'm really passionate about like i want a full class whether it's my studio or not you know i want a full class but what i was finding that i was coming constantly up against was shitty cancellation policies yeah, yeah, and yeah. late cancels and all these things that were out of my control and I was the one losing money because of it. So I'm actually, I'm not a fan of that. Me personally, I, I liked it when they actually, this particular studio transitioned to a, a flat a flat rate of pay and what they actually ended up doing was they paid you based on a certain amount of years in the industry. So I think the starting rate, if you were new within, I don't know if it was in the first 12 months, I can't remember exactly, I think was around the 50 mark. And then it went up from there and was kind of capped out, I think at around the 65 mark, if you'd been in the industry five plus years. So I, I you don't really like that one. Dis- disagree with that. Because mm. You know, it's it served entirely- me because I'd been in the industry for a while, so I yeah, got the higher yeah, rate. Yeah, and you're a freaking awesome instructor, and you should be on the highest rate of of whatever system they're using. But it's entirely possible to be a five year experienced instructor who teaches half full classes it's, because you're not a good people person. Exactly, right? exactly. And it's entirely possible. I know, personally know, like three people I can think of right off the top of my head that fucking the day they finished their training, their classes were full mm-hmm. lined up around the block with a wait list. So like, why should I pay that person less? Same. Right? I know. Yeah. I'm just saying that, that that's what they transitioned to. Yeah. What I liked was I liked I was finally on a flat rate. So that's what I liked. I was happy with right. the rate and I was on a flat rate. So right. I liked and both so, of those things. But. So what, the reason you like that is because that gives you like security, right? Correct. You know how much you're going to earn each week, Correct. Right? So if those clients uh, clients call in sick late, late minute, last minute, sorry, I don't um, – I don't right, but it's but if we so if we ha, if we had a studio and you were working there and we had some kind of thing where it was X number of dollars base rate plus five dollars head over whatever number of head, if we had an airtight cancellation policy, and you had good shifts that you knew you could fill those, you know, like good times of the week that you knew you could fill those classes, and you know all you have to do is go in there and play your A game and bam, you're going to have a full class, right? Well, that gives you the same degree of certainty right because you'd know that we're not going to accept no shows and late cancels or maybe you get paid for no shows and late cancels yeah but if i get paid for no shows and late can well it depends i don't know raf i haven't seen it work successfully but that's just in my experience i'm it sounds like maybe there's studios where it is working successfully you know what i would like to see you know um is and this is actually what we did at, at my studio the last couple of years is we had uh, like you just described we had tiered rates so we just had a flat rate okay you just got a flat rate per class regardless of how many people in the class we had different rates for different instructors but they weren't based on experience they're based on your average attendance over the last ninety days oh. so we would look you know sit down with you and go okay Chloe over the last ninety days your classes have averaged whatever percent you know. 85% full or 90% yeah, right. full or whatever. And we'll go, therefore, you go you go on the next higher rate, right, which is this many dollars per class, right? So it's kind of and like so getting that, a bonus in a way, sort of. Yeah, but it's based on it's it's based on your average performance, not whether someone didn't show up for Monday night or not. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, well, if you, if you can, you know, cause what I want as a studio owner is like, it's great if you can fill Monday night, but what I actually want you to do is to fill every night, you know, I want, I want them all full. <laughs> so, you know, I, the, it's great if you have a good night or whatever, but I actually want an instructor who can consistently put bums on reformers. And so that's what I want to incentivize. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're, we're getting off on a tangent here, but I think the, the point I guess I want to make is uh, as a studio owner, you know, remuneration that is one is enough, like a big enough dollar amount. And two is, uh, you know, within the instructor's control, right? So it's like you put them in a situation where if they, if they play their A game, they win. It's not like, oh, you're going to let people late cancel and then not pay them or you're going to put them on the dud class that no one's going to come to 10 p.m. on a Thursday or whatever. Uh, and then the, the the second part of that, and I, uh, I, I, you know, this is a much longer point, which I would like to go into on some other time, but I think is you've got to have a business, you've got to have a business model that enables you to have enough profit margin on your class that you can pay that instructor what they're worth, you know, what, well, I don't know what they're worth, what, what they need to, you know, live in a you know, reasonable lifestyle. Right. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I want to take back what I said about worth. I don't, I don't, I think that's something's like, how do we measure that? That's the whole other conversation. But I think like, well, there's a market rate for things, right? You know, if you want to hire a, a senior software developer, you know, there's a certain, annual salary that you'd be expected to pay to get the best person, right? If you want to hire a, you know, restaurant server, well, there's a certain salary that you'd expect to pay to get that person, right? And if you want to hire a software developer and this annual salary is 120000 but you only want to spend 80000 well, you're not going to get the top people, you know? So there's a market rate and the best people will get the top of the market. Right, the best developers think, will get the most. I think that's important that you say that there is a market rate. There is totally, and you need to be around the market rate to. Well, if you want the best people, you've got to be at the top of the market. That's right. right. That's right. And I've turned down quite a bit of work because I, you know, haven't been happy with the rate. Right, and so, you know, I, I sympathise when I see studio owners, you know. On, Facebook groups or whatever saying like, oh, I can't afford to pay I, that. I want to, yeah, I want to pay $40 or $45 and they're asking $60, right? And I just can't afford to pay that because if I pay that, I'll actually lose money on the class, right? And I sympathize with that. But, you know, what it says to me is that that studio owner has a business model that is not designed well. It's a poor business model. That's It doesn't leave, they haven't designed in <laughs> the cost of actually the, the staff that they need to hire. Yeah. That's right. So, like, you've got to go back and think, all right, so why why can't why can we only afford to pay forty dollars for our instructor? You know, what's our pricing model? Are we not charging enough? How many how many clients do we see at the same time? Are we are we only limiting our class to four clients or five clients or six clients at a time? Why why are we doing that? Mm. Right? Oh, if it's if we want to offer a boutique service, well, do your clients actually appreciate that more? You know, like, do they? And when I say appreciate it more, like if they appreciate it more, will they pay more for it? Mm. <laughs> and if they will, great, charge them more for it and pay the instructor. Hold on. Boom. Good talk. Um, are you wrapping us up? <laughs> my, my time thing here says we've been going an hour and a half. Woo! 
That's awesome. <laughs> well, not quite wrapped yet. Hey, listeners, don't wrapped? just – I felt like Raph just like ended the podcast episode. It has not ended. <laughs> Raphael, that was a bit preemptive. Um, what else? What else? Well, we want to talk about? I just well, I just want to I want to loop back to this amazing advice that has come through from from these studio owners, and I just want to ensure that I haven't missed anything on there because I do think this is fucking gold. Uh, basically, I I want to read out what Heath said because I think this is a really nice summary. He's literally written. Here's a summary. Uh, In a prospective instructor, the things I would look for as critical. I have seen you in my classes. You are open to and responsive to feedback. Oh, yeah, we forgot that one. Right? This is why I'm like, don't end the podcast yet, Raphael. Um, You have a growth mindset. You are not afraid to make mistakes and see them as learning opportunities. Oh, Heath. How's that? Amen, brother. Yeah. Right? Growth mindset. Mm. Listen to our episode mm. on that. So how could you demonstrate a growth mindset? So you could uh, demonstrate a growth mindset by asking, actively asking for feedback. For feedback, yeah. And and applying it and not mm. getting all like not being sad defensive. sack because, <laughs> you know, he told you that you need to work on something and you're like, oh, now I suck and I'm so shit and I shouldn't be a Pilates instructor and my career's over. I don't want to hear any of that shit. You're like, boom, awesome. Heat's awesome. Heat's giving me some feedback. This is great. I can now apply this and I can even get better at the skill I'm doing. Did that sum that up? That's awesome. So be open to feedback and then um, let's flip it, Raph, and go, okay, as uh, the studio owner, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick about feedback. Like be, you've got to come with being open and listening to both sides and having a discussion and being there uh, for the growth of your instructor and, um, yeah. yeah, so it goes both ways. Yeah, and you got to give. I mean, there's a skill to giving feedback, and maybe we can talk about that in another episode. But um, well, I think we did that in radical. radical I think we did that in radical candor. Yeah. So basically, talk talk about the behaviour, talk about the effect of the behaviour that you observed. Don't talk about the person. Don't say you're the sort of person who blah or you always slash never. Say, hey, when I saw you do X or heard you say X. I observed the effect to be such and such, mm-hmm. and it would be better if you did it this way moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have a quick little, quick little check that I haven't missed anything else. Cat's got critical thinking and focused on the experience of the human in front of them. Critical thinking, critical thinking, I think is a really important one. Well, I would say critical thinking. You know, again, if we zoom out, like I'm 100 on board with that, but um. I think let's just say on board with the values of the studio, whatever the values of the studio are. And I think Dan summarised that well here. Dan said, a new teacher needs to fit in with our studio values, community, positive team and evidence-based, must be willing to learn and be curious. So Mm. I think we can loop critical thinking into being open to learn, cognitive agility, curiosity. Can I then – that's given – you've – given me another uh, thought about studio owners, which is something that great staff want, and I've observed this and I've observed it in myself as an employee back in the day when I was an employee, and I've observed it in every great staff member I've, I've employed, is great people want to grow. They want to grow and progress. They want to get better at what they're doing. They want to know what's the next level for me. And so you've got to provide people opportunities and pathways 
to grow, right? So if I come on board as an instructor with you, it's like, okay, how, am I in five years? Is my am I just going to be working the same shifts, doing the same thing for the same pay, you know, with the same level of skill, or am I going to be a better, more empowered, skilled person, you know, doing some other level of thing? Like maybe I'm still teaching, right? But maybe I've got more difficult clients now, or I'm, you know, there's some thing. What's my progression? Right. Oh, Raph, so I, I think love that great so people much. want great want to progress. Great people want to grow. That's fantastic. Uh, so let's let's summer. I mean, that almost summarizes it. But I do have a little a little summary here of when I went through the feedback from the studio owners. So sort of summarizing it in in a takeaway takeaway form. Uh, no cold calls. No emails. Just, just that's a hard no from all of them. Get yourself into the studio or get yourself into their online classes and get yourself all over their social media, okay? No cold calls. I don't think we can say that hard enough, like strong enough. It doesn't work. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Vibe. Bring your vibe. Make it known. Be authentically how you, f- you. How do you make them feel? How do you how make do them feel? When they feel th- when they think about you? Yeah. yeah. How do you leave people... Feeling. Love that. Have a growth mindset. Have a growth mindset. And growth mindset, as we talked about the other episode, is like, well, if I'm not good at this now, it's just because I haven't practiced it enough and I can get better at it. That's exactly right. Be a team player. Be a team player. Have a social media presence. And I want to truly say you don't have to, like if you've got 50 followers, awesome. But have a social media presence. And that also means you making yourself known on the pages of the studios that you like, okay? That is part of having a social media presence, not how many followers do you have, are you making yourself known? And usually the best place to do that is Instagram. That's where most of the the hub and the hive and the hustle and the bustle and the sharing and everything's going on now. It's a really lively community and it's really active. Hey, um, you should follow Chloe and me on Instagram. Well, if you're not already, that's so weird. Like, what are you doing? Uh, you're listening to our podcast, but you're not following us on Instagram. And uh, look, it does say on here, trained by BE. That was in the that was in the, the dot points, Raph. I don't, know, I don't know if that's like a worldwide standard requirement. Well, for- look, look, Raph, in the, in, the, in the pool that I pulled from for my survey, that did come up quite strongly. <laughs> you might have a, a bias. There might sample. be some bias there. <laughs> Definitely bias, full um, disclaimer. And, all right. And I would say, you know, uh, on the flip side for employers, if your job ad looks like a, a, a generic email that some, you know, random person, you know, like you as an employer, you don't want to receive an email that says, dear sir slash madam, I heretofore enclose my curriculum vitae for your perusal. You know, I'm a great believer in your firm's success and I wish, you know, to become part of your esteemed team, right? You don't want to receive that email or if you do, it's going straight in the bin, right? And as an instructor, I don't want to see a job ad that says Pilates instructor required must be certified you know, immediate start. Because I got no idea what you're about. <laughs> right. Tell me what you're about. <laughs> right. Tell me what you're about. <laughs> That's the equivalent of the and, dear and, sir and slash Tell me what you're about and tell me what you want in me. Like what are some of those those what soft skills yeah. that you want what, that you want. What's yeah. important to you? Yeah. What what's you know, what are, what 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 vibe are you looking for? What 
what's important to you in, in well, values-wise? It seems that vibe's so yeah. important. Well, what is the yeah. vibe that you're after? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you want someone who's curious and, and strives for excellence? Well, write that, you know. Mm. Do you want someone that takes feedback well? Do you want someone that's looking to grow? Write that because guess what? People looking to grow are impressed when they see stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, this was awesome. Does Hopefully, that mean we're, ra- we're wrapping up. Now? I think we can wrap it up. Yeah, I was going for the natural <laughs> wrap up there. Okay. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this, and I know that our listeners will get out a lot out of it. And I think this will be particularly helpful for our our newer grads and those that are that are newer to the industry, and will be really helpful for those that might have been in the industry for a while but haven't found their happy place yet. Haven't found their. I usually call it the gold. I, I sort of refer to it as like the Goldilocks. You know, you find that the porridge that was just right. It's 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 your fit, and when you find that Goldilocks vibe on both parties, it's freaking magic. Magic happens. It is. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, Chloe. You're awesome. Hey, imagine this. When you meet a new client, you know exactly what to do. You're confident because you already have a plan, a plan that's so powerful and versatile that you can use it with any client. Big clients, small clients, clients with pain in weird body parts, clients with diagnoses ending in itis, osis, or opathy, clients with neurogenic pain, whatever that is. Well, actually, neuro just means nerve, and genic means produced by. So neurogenic pain is just pain that is produced by nerves. Anyway, clients with balance issues, clients with pain in any body part or in many body parts, all with this one weird trick. No, I'm just joking. There is no one weird trick, of course, that's going to solve everybody's problems. But if you come and study with us in our Diploma of Clinical Pilates, you will genuinely learn how to help people with all of those issues that I mentioned, plus many more. You'll learn a deep understanding of how the human body works and of modern pain science and evidence-based best practice. And you'll learn how to apply that knowledge to genuinely help people with their musculoskeletal issues. This is a one-year in-depth program. I would love to have you in the program. It's 100% online no travel required at all. You can do it totally from your lounge room. If you're interested, I'd love to have you come and join us. Click on the link in the show notes and I look forward to seeing you in class. Go on, click on the link.